January 29, 2024. We're in Masechet Bava Kamandaf Yod Two lines from the top of the Amud, just three words onto the line. And the Gemara is wrapping up its conversation that it's had over the course of a bit of time and space with regards to Kadashim Sheheziku, when you had animals that were Kodesh, that were sanctified and holy for the Mikdash, and they caused or they had caused to them uh, nezek uh, in the context of animals that were damaging one or another. And the Gemara in its final comment on this matter, and I, I promise it won't get too deep, Amar Rava, Toda Shehezika, Gove mi Besara, Veeno Gove mi Lachma. It says the Gemara, or Rava more specifically, says if a korban toda, if I sanctified, if I set apart this animal to be a korban toda. Now, korban toda, without again getting into too many details, is what we call kadashim kalim. It's a lot of our conversation has been about kadashim kalim, the lower severity uh, domain of animals that are uh, brought in the mikdash as a korban. And uh, specifically for our purposes, we need to know that a korban toda comes together with 40 loaves of bread. So you don't just bring the animal as a uh, way of thanking God. You also bring 40 loaves of bread, which you eat. Now, in this situation, the Gemara Rava states that if a toda, I had that korban toda, I'm thankful to God. I try to be thankful all the time. But something specific happened in my life, and I'm thankful, and I'm bringing a korban toda as a result. And that korban, that animal, which is set aside to be a sacrifice as a thank offering to God, uh, it's mazik, it damages another animal. What's the halakha in such a situation with regards to my liabilities? Do I need to pay? So the halakha is govem mi besara ve'eno govem mi lachma. The person who got damaged, if you recall, we call that a nizak, person who got damaged comes to collect from me, the damager, the mazik, and he can take from the gubisara, from the flesh, from the animal of the animal which damaged, that's the halakha with regards to shortam, when it's the first three times that damages, you take from the basar, from the flesh of the animal which damaged, but you cannot collect, furthermore, from the lechem. What's the lechem? That's the bread. Now let's just review this uh, briefly without giving too many details over here, but the halakha is as follows. If my animal damages yours, I pay up to half of the amount of the damage. But the amount that you can collect from me can't be more than the value of the animal that uh, damaged. Now let's say it's a low-level animal that damaged and that damaged a very high-value animal of yours. Uh, you're looking to collect from whatever you can get your hands on. You might make the claim as a result, I'm not just going to collect from the animal which damaged, but the whole package deal. After all, you told me that animal was set aside to be a korban toda. I'm not just going to collect from the animal's flesh, which is remaining, doesn't make it up to half the value of my animal which was uh, damaged. I'm going to take from all those loaves of bread, which I heard you and your wife and Kwanim, you're all busy with uh, baking. I'm going to take from those as well. Whatever I can get my hands on, I'll be very happy. Says Rava, that's not the halakha. The halakha is toda shehizika gove mi besara ve'eno gove mi lachma. You're not allowed to collect as well from the bread. What would happen if he damaged in between? In other words, he, he set, set it aside, but he didn't bake the bread yet. So of course you wouldn't have to... It's not going to be... Uh, you're not gove from the bread regardless. 
Okay, let's say it does. Okay, so I don't say you're imkin natata devarecha lishiurim, but it's more fundamental. It's the Gemara is going to say it's such a simple statement over here because after all, what are we collecting from? We're co- collecting from the damaging mechanism, the instrument which caused the nezik. That's the animal. That's not the bread which came along. Tosafot parenthetically points out that this Gemara is uh, Rava is clearly working with. Uh, an opinion that we've dealt with a lot over the course of some time, and that's Rabbi Yosei HaGilili, that Kadashim Kalim, when I'm dealing with those lower severity sacrifices, uh, they're considered mamon be'alim, they're considered my possession. As a result, you're collecting from me because it's my possession which damaged Tosafot as it is, and we won't get too much into this, points out that there's a discrepancy in Rava. Rava explained that our Mishnah was working not with Rabbi Yosei HaGilili. Over here, he seems to be uh, making a, a peace with Rabbi Yosei HaGilili. Well, Absolutely, absolutely. Kol shiken. In such a situation, it's okay. There's grain on it. It's not connected to it at all. Over here, the claim may have been. We'll see in a moment. It's part package deal. It uh, says the Gemara Peshita. This is simple. Of course, you're only collecting from the animal. The animal damaged. Uh, says the Gemara. The Hidush is Sefa. It's tariqa, or I'm sorry, lechem peshita. It's simple that you can't collect from the bread. Rashi says, ha-la-azik. After all, the bread didn't damage. It's the animal which damaged. Answers the Gemara, sefa it's tarikhale. It's the latter words, the final words of Rava, which were the novel statement. In other words, I can open up a class and I can make one statement. And he said, that was so simple, Rava. I said, just wait for it. I'm getting to my main point. So the Gemara says, Rava's initial statement. You're right, okay, there's no hidush in that. Of course, that if the animal damages, you only collect from the flesh of the animal, not from the bread as well. It's his final words that seem to have something more Mehudash, a novelty to them. How so? What did he say afterwards? As Nizak Ochel Basar Umitkaper the final statement of Rava is, here's how it'll work. Um, I'm the one who was mazik, I'm the one who damaged. Uh, what ends up happening is that you, the one who was damaged, the Nizak, of course, needs to now go through. The, after all, the animal is Kodesh, the animal is set aside to be sacrificed. As Rashi fills in the details, the animal is brought to the Mikdash. The Imurim, that's the part of the animal which is put on the Mizbeach, is sacrificed. And then the person, that's you, who I damaged, you get to enjoy the rest of the flesh. That much we understand. But here's the final point. Umitkaper mevilechem. But me... I'm the one who set aside that animal for my own kapara, for my own atonement, for my own peace offering together with God, or thanksgiving offering together with God. I, mit kapir I bring the bread, which means, to play it all out, here I am out in the street with my animal on my way, I'm making this up to the mikdash, my animal goes out of control, damages your animal. Uh, you take, you grab my animal, it's your animal now. I so, said, oh, wait a second, you gotta bring that to the mikdash, you gotta bring that to the temple and sacrifice it. So you bring it and you go through with the process and you're enjoying the, the meat. You don't now bring the bread, I bring the bread. And I, in bringing the bread, even though I don't get to enjoy the meat, we have a high carb diet in such a situation. My family and I, instead of having meat 
and bread as our kapara. We have the bread and no meat, which means the whole situation gets split up. That's a novelty of Rava. Generally speaking, a sacrifice is done by the person who needs the kapara, the person who's looking for that relationship with God, the kapara, the atonement. In this situation, the thanksgiving offering of todah will need to bring both the flesh, the, blood, the meat, and eat the bread. Over here, the meat comes from the person who got damaged, and the... What's that? No, it's not the Kohanim help with that, but the person who's Nizak needs to be dealing with that. It's, it's an ironic thing. I end up, you, I damaged you, you have to help me get my kapara. You can't get out of this. You can't say, no, I just want to eat the flesh. You can't do so. The animal's off guard. Says the Gemara, that's also simple. I mean, what do you think was going to happen? You thought that since I damaged you, you were that you therefore have to put in all the money to speak to the bakeries and to your wife and everyone to bake the bread and the Kohanim and all that sort of business. That's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. After all, if the, if the animal was purposed to bring me atonement and you are handling it, I have to deal with all the expenditures. I need to deal with the bringing the bread and eating the bread as well. Mahu de tema says the Gemara. Maybe what you would have thought to say is, Kevan de lechem hechshera de zeva hu le Maybe what you would have said is that Harari, in this situation, who damaged, could and would say, well, the bread is hechshera de basar. Hechsher means it's only preparing the, it's preparing the meat. In other words, the reason you're, we're dealing with this situation is that we have a meat sandwich meal. And you are going and bringing the meat. You're going to bring the meat and not the bread? That's on you. I'm going to say to you, I'll say to you, le male, the mazik, the person who damaged, that's me over here. Atachalta basar, you're getting to eat the meat. And I have to bring the, uh, the, the bread? I mean, come on. What's that? No, 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 absolutely not. The Nizak's bringing the korban. The Nizak brings the korban for the mazik. The person who got damaged brings the animal. For me who damaged, I get the atonement, but you get to eat the bread. You get to eat the meat. I maybe could have said, ah, just handle the whole thing. You got the bread as well. No, no, no. You can't take off the obligation of the bread. The bread is the responsibility from beginning until end of the initial owner, of the person who is looking for that relationship, so to speak, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through bringing this korban in this situation. That ends our conversation of Kadashim and the Gemara. Absolutely. It's a vow. Yeah, yeah, it's a nedi. Well, it's, it's an interesting point. So Eli says, well, it's, it's on me. I made the vow to bring that korban. Don't think for a moment. After all, I damaged your animal and you're bringing it for me. So maybe you could have fulfilled the whole thing for me. Maybe it's just the obligation of bringing it to the Mikdash. You're right, if we transport this, if we, if we detach this from animals and sacrifices, think about this a little bit this morning, and think about prayers. I mean, prayer is the way we achieve atonement today, generally speaking. So I say to you, you know something, can you do the prayer for me and achieve atonement for me? Effectively, what the Gemara is saying is not really. In other words, it's not to say that you can't pray on my behalf, but the Gemara's final line is that who is that the bread which is coming for atonement, well, that's your responsibility to bring. You could pay off as many people. You could say it's his responsibility in this situation. Ultimately speaking, that falls on you. In truth, there is a, a well-known statement of Kesot HaHoshin here on our Gemara and Siman Tafvav, where Kesot HaHoshin deals with what if the following situation, I have an animal 
which uh, I purposed to be a uh, korban toda. It damages yours, and you also promised a korban toda. You didn't separate a korban toda. Can you grab my animal now, which is now yours, and do the whole package deal, bringing the kapara for you? Oh, so can there be a transfer not only of animal flesh and eating, but also of atonement? This seems clear from our Gemara, he suggests, that there's no such thing. Our Gemara says, the bread is eaten by me. Why? Who said, maybe you could eat the bread and you could get the atonement. He suggests from our Gemara, maybe you could bring proof for that. Well, you're not, uh, you're, I mean, clearly you in this situation. You're bringing... Yeah, you're bringing it for me. You're bringing it for me. That's the Hidush of here. Listen, I'm bringing the, the lechem and I'm eating the lechem, but the, the whole uh, sacrifice and, and eating of the bread, uh, of the meat is done by you, the Nizak. It says the Gemara onward, If you recall, the Mishnah mentioned many situations that are necessary to be checked off in terms of nezek, in terms of damage being applicable. And uh, the first one was one that we talked a lot about over the course of the last Amud, Amud and a half, and that was that it's not shil me'ilah, that there's not, that's what we were talking about, Kodesh, etc. But another one of the qualifications was this, that it's nechasim shen shil bene berit. Bene berit refers to Jews, which means to say that when I damaged you, it needs to be that you are Jewish in order for me to be liable. If you're not Jewish, if you're not ben berit, if you're not a member of our covenant of the Torah, of mitzvot, of Am Yisrael, I'm not liable. Says the Gemara, mai. What are those words that when I damage you, you better be Jewish if you want to get money from me, uh, coming to exclude, perhaps they're coming to exclude a non-Jew or an idolater. As says the Gemara, that's okay. That happens to be a true halakha, so true the halakha is that it's already explicit in the Mishnah later on. In other words, if you're telling me something and I'm trying to understand what you're saying, it must be that what you're saying now isn't explicitly stated elsewhere. So in this Mishnah, you threw in the words, it needs to be shel ben berit. I'm assuming that means Jewish. Oh, that is what it means. Well, the Mishnah later on explicitly spells that out. There's no uh, riddles. There's no hints. How so? The Mishnah later on says, Shor shel Yisrael, shenagach shor shel Ovet kochavim. There's no mention of ben berit or anything of that. It's explicit. What's the halacha? Patur. So why do you need the Mishnah to repeat it? Why did the Mishnah over here need to say it in a veiled fashion, a little mysterious? It needs to be shel ben berit when the Mishnah over there says it explicitly. If the ox of a Jew uh, gored an ox of a non-Jew, answers the Gemara, you're right. Hana, it was taught in our Mishnah, vehadar, and afterwards, mefaresh, it was explained. Meaning, Mishnayot, much like the way you and I talk, much like the way the Torah, uh, we have principles in the Torah this way as well in terms of how to read the Torah at times. You have an initial statement which might not be entirely clear and then later on I'm going to explain it so I'm going to start the class and I'm going to give you the principle. And as we go along I'm going to elaborate, I'm going to elucidate, I'm going to clarify what I meant in the initial stages. That's what's happening in these Mishnayot as well. The Mishnah over here mentioned it. You're supposed to be scratching your head and wondering. I assume that's what it means. And then the Mishnah later on explicitly states it for us. No questions um, further. Interesting question. Uh, ben Berit. In other words, what if it's... 
What? In other words, what, 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 if he, what if he abandoned his Jewish practices? Is what? The derashah, the derashah is from shor re'ehu, um, and, uh, which means that your brother um, or, or your friend, and it's re'ehu b'mitzvot, I believe, uh, it's a good question. I think the answer is your patur in such a situation. I think that we say it's re'ehu b'mitzvot. He needs to be a part of the fold with regards to observance. If he's outside of the fold, in term, not in terms of laziness, in terms of uh, 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 involvement, we consider him a mishumad. I think your patur from Nizikin as well. What's that? I mean, we'll, we will deal a little bit further, a little bit, yeah, yeah, so we're dealing right now, we're dealing right now Midin Torah, first and foremost, without any details attached, but Midin Torah without any details attached, absolutely not, I damage a non-Jew, I'm entirely exempt, uh, you're living in America, we're not dealing, no, 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 from Nezik, from damage, entirely, uh-huh. We'll, we'll have to deal a little bit further. We'll have to figure out how would that play out in terms of Eva and things of that sort, but, uh, but that's the halakha. But I believe the answer, Jeffrey, is that if it's a person who is not re'ehu b'mitzvot, meaning he's a mishumad, meaning he's an idolater, but he's a Jew, he's out as well and you're exempt. Wait, can I say why twice? Oh, 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 interesting. Well, that's your answer to the question. All right, so to be continued, I, I hear you. Uh, so Jeffrey's question in turn is, so that's why the Aaron Mishnah is being mehadesh, that even if he's Jewish, but he's not ben berit, meaning he's not a part of the, the belief system, even though he's born Jewish, he'd be exempt. That's an interesting suggestion. All right, to be continued. Says the Gemara onward, nechasim uh, The next words in the Mishnah, what's up, Judah? For sure, our Mishnah says Ben Berito. And the Derasha is coming from Kigof Shor Ish Et Shor Re'ehu. Re'ehu doesn't say Yisrael, it says Re'ehu. Generally speaking, we say it means Re'ehu B'Misvot. So Jeffrey's suggestion is the Mishnah later on means a non-Jew. The Mishnah over here, Ben Berit, means a person who's even Jewish, but he's not a part of the Berit. Uh, so those were the next words in the Mishnah. They were hard words to translate. The words are miyuhad means it's unique, it's specific, it's set aside. It needs to be that the damage was done, it sounds like, from a set-aside animal. What's a set-aside and unique, specific animal? What does that mean? What's that coming to exclude? Those are very ambiguous words. Rav Yehuda says it's coming to exclude the following. Uh, the situation is as such, I don't know, you and I are taking our oxen, or better yet, easier, our dogs out for a walk, and each of our dogs go and ravage another animal. Uh, they run after it. Now, nobody knows exactly who did what. It wasn't caught on video. We don't have a good glimpse as to who did, which one of the animals actually did the nezik. We just saw the, a scuffle up ahead. Oh, what's the halakha? So I turn to you and I say, it was your animal. It was your ox, your dog. And you say, no, it was yours. In such a situation, the suggestion is, our Mishnah is telling us patur. Why patur? Because it's safik. 
And tahalacha is hamosim ha-havero alav ha which means to say, if you're going to extract money from me, you have to bring proof that you're deservant of that money. If it's mamon hamutal besafik, if it's a situation of money which is in doubt, the halacha is the muhzak, the person who's holding on to it, holds on to it until you can bring proof to take it from them. That's, what's that? But that's not a... There, there's a question on the halakha with regards to who's going to be liable. But over here, there's a question on the mitziyut. Who did it? We don't know. What's that? No, sir. Who said I'm liable to even half? Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, it's not beautiful. I'm sorry for you, but you have no proof that I caused the damage. Both of us will say it's entirely on the other person. That's the so it says the Gemara, and not only is that true, it's simple. We taught this in a Beraita later on. How so? It says the following: Hayushinaim Rodfin Ahar Ahar. Excuse me. Hayushinaim Rodfin Ahar Ehad. Uh, there are two oxen uh, running after, chasing after another. Each one of us make the claim that it was your ox which caused the damage. It's explicit in the Mishnah later on that you're patur. Oh, well, that being the case, oh, what's the point of redundancy? It's the same question we asked earlier with regards to Ben Berit. It's an explicit halakha later on. Over here, this Mishnah mentions it a little cryptically. It's a mysterious mention. What is it? I don't know what that means. Oh, it must mean that you need to be clear with regards to who caused the damage. But the Mishnah later on explicitly says, if you don't know who caused the damage, you're patur. Says the Gemara, same answer, vehadar mefaresh. We taught it in the initial statement here in our Mishnah. Vehadar means, and afterwards, mefaresh, we explain it. That's the way, again, you would talk and teach in general if you're, uh, I think, a good teacher. You open it up, you have a general statement. As you go along, you explain it and become clear with regards to what you mean. Uh, says the Gemara, but we have a, a different explanation to this. Bematnita tana, Beraita has an explanation. Perat According to this interpretation of those words, it's not to be explained in the way we just said, means we're uncertain who caused the damage. No, we're absolutely certain it was that animal which caused the damage. Different interpretation. So again, let me just explain to you again what we're in the middle of doing. We saw these words in the Mishnah. It needs to be, in order to be liable to pay, uh, means property which is explicit, property which is specific. Well, what does that mean? So one interpretation was that it means that you need to know who caused the damage, which animal it's caused the damage. What's that? It said it now also. And now says the Gemara, perat a different interpretation, which means to say it can't be property which is hefker. Hefker means it's ownerless. Uh, so in other words, there's no liability in a situation of an ownerless stray dog, a stray ox. But slow down, I don't understand. It needs to be privately owned. Who's gonna, uh, you would have thought that, who pays that? I mean, what, what's happening? What's the case? Ilema, perhaps you'll tell me the case is, Torah Torah 
Torah, we switch the taf with shin in Aramaic, means shor. Uh, maybe that didan means hours. Uh, maybe the situation is hours, meaning my shor, my ox, uh, damaged the stray ox. Now, I was taking a walk down the block, and I had my dog out and on the leash, the do- or not on the leash, it was going up ahead, and there was uh, some stray cat on the side, and my dog attacks the stray cat and kills it or damages it. Okay, uh, in such a situation, says the Mishnah, patur. Patu from paying to who? Who do you think you were paying to in that situation? The government? The street? The cat's family? Who? Man means who? Tava is going to make the claim against him. Who's going to make the claim that I owe money in such a situation? Who would I be paying to? Ela, so it can't be. So again, we're trying to figure out what does Nechasim Yuhadim mean, and we're suggesting, as Eli said, that it means privately owned. Privately owned in terms of who got damaged, which one got damaged, can't be. That's no, no Hidush. Ela denagah Torah dehevkelu, Torah didan. So maybe it's the opposite. I'm taking a walk with my dog down the street, and, or with my cat down the street. And as it's easier, uh, as the cat goes up ahead, a stray dog comes, attacks the cat leaving my cat uh, all uh, maimed and uh, it's, uh, limping away. I say, I'm going to extract money from whoever owns that dog. I go and I look into it, the dog is a stray dog. So who am I taking the money from? What's, what's the situation? So, so you want to you take the money from that dog and let's take it back to uh, Shivarim. Let's take it back to Oxen. And the halakha is when it's a short time, what do you get to do with the ox that damage? You could grab the ox, you could slaughter it, you could eat the meat, you could sell the meat. All right, so the situation again is it's a stray ox which attacks my ox. So who's going to be preventing me in such a situation? Situation. The ox came after my ox. I said, oh, I'm going to grab that ox. Go ahead. Oh, that, you needed the Mishnah to tell you halacha, uh, that, that it's not true. You wouldn't be allowed to. Lezil velete. Uh, go ahead. Uh, grab that ox. Uh, slaughter it and use the meat in whatever way you'd like. It can't be that our Mishnah... What's that? That's the point. The Gemara says the halacha would be factually wrong. The Mishnah is telling us that if it's not nechasim amyuhadim yepatur, or yepatur, I'm going to grab that stray ox and I'm going to slaughter. I'm going to grab the stray dog and I'm going to make it my own. So that's. I assume it has. We'd have to trace back whoever the owner is. And, and they'd be liable. Um, over here, this literally, there's no, there is no owner. I don't know how that happened. It was out, came out of whatever. And so says the Gemara, I, I'm stuck in terms of this Beraita interpretation. We're India. Okay, so there it is. Uh, so, uh, so as usual, Mars helped us with the misiut, with the reality. And the situation is me being an owner of a cow, walking through India with my owned cow, gets attacked by an ownerless cow, the many of hundreds, if not thousands, are out of the street, millions. Billions. Anyway, so the, the, the cow comes and attacks my cow. Uh, so what's the halakha? So the Mishnah says, oh, you can't collect. Can't collect? What are you talking about? Go grab it. Enjoy it. Slaughter it. I mean, they'll probably lynch you. With it. Yeah, that's right. They'll kill you in India. But okay, the halakha. Says the Gemara, no, I'll tell you. It gets a little bit more complicated, but it goes like this. Bishikadam v'zachabo acher. The situation is as such that... My ox was out in the street taking a walk or a trot. Another ox which was ownerless comes and attacks my ox. 
I now say, Who, who's the owner? I find out that there's no owner. I start running after that ox. I'm going to grab that ox. It attacked mine. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to slaughter it. It's rightfully mine. However, right before I get to that ox, someone else, a head comes and jumps and grabs it. I say, oh, wait a second. Abe, you just grabbed that ox. No, that's mine. He said, well, why is it yours? I said, because it attacked mine. I have a sh- boot. I have a certain lean. I have a certain claim to that animal. He said, I don't know. Rabbi, the Mishnah says that it needs to be which means to say that in the moment that it gored, that it damaged another, it needs to have a private ownership. So therefore, uh, now that afterwards there is a different ownership, meaning AB grabbed it, I can no longer make a claim to grab that from him. He says, in the moment when it damaged yours, it had no ownership. It's true, you could have grabbed it. There would be no one who's going to be preventing you. But now that it belongs to me, you have no rights to it. Right. It's an amazing Hidush over here, which apparently is learned, although the Gemara doesn't say it, again, from that same Pasuk of Ki Gach Ish Shor Et Shor Re'ehu, that the Pasuk says it needs to be Ki Gach Ish Shor, ish shor it needs to be owned by a, a man at the time of goring, even though I have a lean, or what's called the Shi'bud in it, the Shi'bud is uprooted or somehow. What's that? By going and grabbing it. Grabbing it and pulling it. That's right. Like anything, In other words, I'm walking by your house and you left a table in front or whatever. I want to take it. I grab it. I put it into my car. It's mine now. So you'd have to grab it and pull it. And that's what AB did you know, in this situation. So that's what the Gemara suggests at this point. That's, that's, how, we're, that's how we're going. That's, uh, that's our second interpretation to what Nechassim HaMiyuhadim means. We wanted to define Nechassim HaMiyuhadim where your patur, the situation is where the nezik was caused, the damage was brought about by by an ownerless animal, a shoshel hefker, even though kadam v'zacha, even though another person, the Abi over here, kadam, he preceded me v'zacha, and he took possession by pulling the animal into his into his uh, property. I can, in this situation, not make a claim that that's my animal that you owe me any money. Ravina amar lemaute ravina instead, or alternatively, suggest that nechasim amiuhadim a third interpretation is similar to our, our second interpretation with regards to it, uh, it, it there's a problem with regards to ownership uh, as opposed to you know the way we initially suggested that it just has a, a question with regards to who did it but it's over here in the following fashion I know exactly who owns it in the moment of damage it had an owner and it's clear who did it it's nagah but after uh, you know we're, we're taking I'm taking a walk or my, my animal's taking a walk and your animal comes and gores my animal uh, quickly realizing that your animal gored my animal you say oh this is hikdish or alternatively, say, I'm, I'm deeming this ownerless. I never wanted it anyway. What's Allah in such a situation? Do I now have claims to that animal? In the moment of goring, it was owned by you. In the aftermath of the goring, prior to what we call ha'amada bedin, standing in court, prior to, at the very least, gemardin, finishing the court case, you lost possession over it, knowingly. Same thing. You gave it up knowingly, willingly. 
Knowing there's a court case, maybe explicitly for that reason or not, doesn't matter. The point is that the halakha in this situation is such that, the suggestion here of Ravina, that I cannot now get paid from you. Why can't I get paid from you? Because this animal needs to have an owner, a private owner, from beginning until end. And even though in the moment of damage you own that animal, since in the moment of claim, in the moment of obligation, in court proceedings and hearings and final uh, determinations, it's no longer owned by you, you're patur. You don't need to. What's that? I'm not getting the animal. It's hekdesh. Ab took possession of it. Oh, if it's onolus, of course. But it's bishakadam v'zacha. Or what about? Two questions. Two questions. Number one, Nathan. What if he sold it? The Gemara only mentioned if he deemed it onolus, or if he was makdish. What if, he, what if he sold it? They, the, the, Rashba, Rashba seems to have a mahlukah with Rashi on this. We'll address. What's that? Prior to the accident. No. No, no, no. After the accident. Before the Gemara Dean, before Hamad Abedin, either one. that the animal is, once it damages, you can still do whatever you want to do with it. Until the court says it's over. Right. Not only can you still do whatever you want to do, you can do so much as messing me over. Because by you losing ownership over it, I no longer have a claim to it. Now, Nathan says a step further. He says, all right, can you even make profit off of it? It's not clear. Logically speaking, you would say yes. Because if the whole issue is that it has to have the same owners, logically speaking, you would say yes, even if you sold it. Mahloket, it seems, between Rashi and Rashba, which maybe we'll address in a little bit, maybe at the end of the sugya. Secondly, what's that? The damager is losing it anyway. The damager will end up losing it. He doesn't like you, or he wants bonus points with the Mikdash, or in Nathan's case, if he's right, he can make money off of it. I mean, it's a crazy thing. What about if, I'll go one step further, what about if uh, the situation is such that my animal damage is yours? I then in the moment say, you know something, I'm going to make this hefkir. And it's hefkir for a minute, a day, and then I redeem it. Uh, you, you always could do that, but now am I liable? Do I have a sketch to get out of this whole thing? Maybe it needs to be in my possession from beginning until end without any pauses. Uh, this is a safek of Nimuke Yosef. This is Mahloket Arishonim, Tur and Nimuke Yosef. I have a Mahloket about this. It's an, amaz- it's an amazing, crazy thing. Because in, if that's true, in every situation of a short time Shehizik, I'll get out of it. I'll be Makdish. Uh, no, Makdish, you're not going to get away with it. I'll be Mafkir. I'll try to make sure nobody, well, not too many people, and then I'll be okay immediately. All right, well, we can address each of those. Keeping it simple right now, says the Gemara, somewhat simple. Says the Gemara, Ravina, and the Gemara says, in truth, we have a Beraita in which Rabbi Huda seems to accord with that. Now, Rabbi Huda is talking about a little bit of a different situation because Rabbi Huda in this Beraita. Go ahead. If I was to meet uh, my animal, and then AB's, and then AB's is okay. It, you're right. If it's entirely ownerless and nobody, uh, I could go and grab it. What if then someone else grabs it? 
Right. Then I can't make the claim. Same type of situation as we mentioned. It says the Gemara, Tanya Now this beraita, as I mentioned, Tanya means beraita, Name means as well, Hachem means like this. We have a beraita which accords with this. This Rabbi Yudah is going to be talking about where an animal killed a person. Now we're going to apply it as well to uh, cases of nizikin. Tanya Namehache, at the very least, even though Hachamim disagree with Rabbi Yudah, this is the way the Rosh articulates this, we're going to bump it down a level and say with regards to nizik, with regard to damage, Hachamim agree to this. But anyway, here's the words. Yeter alken amar biyuda, filo nagah v'hakach higdish. Nagah v'hakach higdkir. That's our situation. The goring took place and then hekdesh. We know what that means. You sanctified it. You made it kodesh to the mizbeach, kodesh to the mishkan, to the, to the mikdash. V'hakach higdkir. Or alternatively, you deem it ownerless. Patur. In such a situation, your patur, the person who damaged, is exempt from paying. The person who was damaged is not able to grab that animal, obviously. Shine Emar, as the Pasuk says. Now, this Pasuk is going to be quoted. Now, again, the context is a little bit off for us, but Derasha nonetheless is standing. Vihu'ad biv'alav. The Pasuk says that the animal, after goring several times, vihu'ad, there's a, the, a, the owner is forewarned. Vihemit ish. O isha, hashor yisakel vegam be'alav yumat. Even though the Gemara doesn't quote the end of the Pasuk, Rashi does. Which means to say, the beginning of the Pasuk mentions the word be'alav. Be'alav means the owner. The end of the Pasuk, again, the final word is, or the second to last word is, be'alav, owner and owner. Why is the Pasuk twice mentioned the owner. Why are we so focused on the owner? The derasha, we'll read in a moment, goes as follows. The ha'ada'a, which means to say the moment where the owner is considered forewarned, the damage, the killing needs to be when the animal is owned by a person. And then the final stage, when they're sentencing the animal to death and dealing with the owner, needs to be owned as well. The derasha goes as follows again. And the end of the pasuk again says, "Vegam be'alav yumat." There's still an owner. Ad derashav Rabbi Yehuda is shetehem mita, the initial damage or killing. Ve'ha'amada bedin and the standing in court. Shavin ke'ehad. They need to be equal and the same. How so? They need to be equal and the same. That there's ownership. The animal is owned by a person from beginning until end, or at the very least, at beginning and at end. Says the Gemara, it's an interesting wording you just mentioned, Rabbi because Rabbi Uda, if I were to articulate, let's do it together. If I'm going to talk about this animal needs to be owned from beginning until end, I should say it like that, I should say, this animal is owned from beginning, meaning the moment of damage, until end. What's end? As the gavel goes down in court and they say, you are hayaf. But that's not the words of Rabbi Uda. Rabbi Uda's words are ad ha'amada bidin. Ha'amada bidin means when we stand up in court, when we begin the court proceedings. What if in the midst of the court proceedings, the uh, person who damaged says, harezehefkir? Why does the Gemara say ha'amada bidin? Why doesn't it use the words gemardin ugmardin laba'inan? Do you not need... It sounds like that. The Gemara will suggest alternatively, even after the court starts, it needs to stay in the ownership of the guy until Gemardin. You could prove it from the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, at the time of the killing of the animal, it's still owned. Well, why the same owner? Well, why are you saying that? It has to be the same owner, why not an owner? That is the suffix 
of Rashba and Rashi that Nathan was asking about. In other words, if I sold it, do we now plug into the pasuk of Be'alav that there is an owner? Uh, it's difficult because the pasuk is talking about killing the owner. The owner meaning the initial one. That's, that's, that is the simple reading of it. No one will ever be responsible for I, I, I understand the difficulty. I understand the... You think so? We're going to get the guy... Well, death penalty for sure, but damage. Short time, short time. A person could get out of short time. Now, again, uh, yeah, uh, let me tell you, there will be a financial loss over here. Yeah, under most circumstances, there will be a financial loss because your animal, you're still getting to keep half of it. You're only paying half the damage and you're giving up your animal for half the damage. If there's any excess... You get to hold on to that. Over here where you mafkir, you makdish, you lost that. Anyway, says the Gemara, Ugmadin la ba'inan, ha ha, shor yisakel bigmardin hu dikhtiv. You don't need gemardin, don't you need it to be owned even at the end of the court case, ela ema ad sheteheh mita veha'amada bedin ugmardin shavin ke'ehad. Rather, it needs to be uh, both or all three, the, the time of goring as well as the time of the beginning of the court and the end of the court, it needs to be owned by a single person Throughout, So it means that our Gemara effectively gave us three approaches to what our Mishnah meant when it said Nechassim HaMiyuhadim. Approach number one was that you need to be certain with regards to which animal damaged. If you're not certain, I'm sorry, your animal got damaged, you're not collecting anything. Uh, approach number two in the Gemara was, um, approach number two in the Gemara was that it was an ownerless animal and Kadam Vizacha. And even though A.B. Khan grabbed it afterwards, in such a situation, Situation, I don't get to make a claim against Abi, but that animal is rightfully mine. Third approach is it was owned in the moment of goring. However, the owner then was mafkir or maktish. He deemed it ownerless at any point until gimardin, until the final stage in the court proceeding. In such a situation as well, the person who got damaged loses out. Baruch Amen. Amen.